have your Bibles this morning, we are launching a brand new series today. Turn to the book of Psalm chapter 24. Psalm chapter 24. We're going to start, uh, we're going we're gonna to be in verse 1, and then we're going to skip back to chapter 23. Chapter 23, and we're going to talk about God's purposes today, okay? So, we're in a brand new series entitled Testify. Somebody say Testify. This morning we're going to talk about testify God's purpose. Testify God's purpose. Now, you may be aware, you may not, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that many of you are not already aware of this, but I'm impulsive by nature. I don't mean to throw people off, but I can be random on occasion. On occasion. It doesn't happen all the time, but every now and again you'll catch me being tad random. Now, thinking of, if I'm thinking of it, you might not be ready for it, but it'll roll out. Come on, somebody, I'll just say it. Like, I, I'm feeling it, I'll say it, I'll talk about it, okay? But God is not random. God's not random. He's a God of purpose. Come on, somebody, help me this morning. He's a God of purpose, and everything he does is purposeful, okay? It's purposeful. So point number one, everything God has created is for his purpose, Look at me this morning. Everything that God has created is for his purpose. Amen. Look at Psalm chapter 24 and verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Somebody say amen. The world and all its people belong to him. So we're talking about the earth. We're talking about the mountains. We're talking about the seas and the galaxies. We're talking about you and I. All exist to serve God's purpose. Amen. God created all things. He spoke everything into existence. You guys heard me talk about that a little bit last week. And then, it, and, and then on day six, God, God changed it up. Okay, He didn't just speak it all into existence. He got his hands dirty building you and I. Come on, somebody. Amen. He took the earth and, and, and began to form the man from the dust of the ground. And in the purpose-driven life, the, the, the pastor, Pastor Rick Warren, opens with this following statement. He says this, it's not about you. It's not about you, all right, for all you personal pan pizza people, okay? Amen. I blame Pizza Hut. I blame Pizza Hut for the personal pizza. I blame them, okay? Since then, we've been individualistic. No, it was from the beginning of time. It's all about me, all about what I want, what I need, okay? And there's no greater truism when it comes to living for the cause and fulfilling God's purpose and vision for your life. It's all about Him, and it's all about others. Listen to me straight right here, okay? The way we treat others is a deep reflection of the way you have relationship with God. Boom. Amen. I would, but it's too expensive. The way you treat your wife. Ladies, the way you treat your husband is a direct reflection of your relationship with God the Father. The way we speak to one another, the way we talk, to the, the words that we use. What did God do with his words? He created. He built. Amen. He built up. Okay? He built people up. 
with his words. Amen. And the secret of living a life of purpose is living for the cause of Christ. And so testifying God's purpose should emphasize all that you do. Motivating and inspiring you in your walk with God. Your relationships, your family, your career. Every aspect of life. Every aspect of life. Now turn back to Psalm chapter 23. Okay. I'm sorry I did not start uh, and just kind of stay at verse 1. I kind of flip around here, but, but stay with me. i got a story to tell you. Psalm chapter 23, because I'm random. That's it's my job to be random, okay? God's not random, but I'm random. Psalm 23 tells us what life lived on purpose looks like. Amen. It's a psalm of tranquility. It, with all its green pastures and all its still waters. and it, It's a psalm of purpose. Literally, watch this. This is so powerful. This is so good. I, can't, I couldn't wait all week to show you this, okay? The first words of this psalm are, the Lord is, in verse 1. And the last words are, verse 6, the Lord forever. Are, are you seeing that? The Lord is, the Lord forever. Do you see that? The key phrase is at the end of verse 3 bringing honor to his name. And I believe our lives should look just like that. The Lord is, the Lord forever, and bringing honor to his name. Are you tracking with me? And wherever God wants to lead us, be it by some still waters, or be it by the pastures to restore our souls, or through the valley of darkest death, it's all about His purpose. Listen, don't stay in the valley of death. Come on out of that valley, okay? He leads us through the valley, but we don't want to stay in that. And every day of our lives should be about bringing honor to God's name. And our purpose shapes how we live. Our purpose shapes how we respond, the choices that we make, and how we face the seasons of our life. Purpose gives our life new dimension. I know a lot of people, they need to find out their purpose, okay? Because they're busy telling everybody else what they need to be doing instead of walking in their purpose. When you're walking, listen, I don't have time to do everything else and tell everybody else how to do it. I'm trying to just walk in my purpose. Do, do you see what I'm saying to you? Amen. We made a connection the other day, my wife and I at the hospital. Our, our daughter had to go in and, and we're talking, and, and I didn't bring it up. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't cause any kind of frustrations or anything. They said, what do you do for an occupation? I'm a pastor. Huh? Said, I'm a pastor. She said, really? And I was like, oh, great, here we go. She was so encouraged. She went out, she brought in another one of the nurses. Am I lying? Maddie, am I lying? She brings in another nurse. you got to meet this pastor. He's got a business card he wants to give to you. She's bringing in her coworkers. Come on, somebody, help me. Amen. And they start talking to us about because I'm living life on purpose. I'm living life in purpose, and it just kind of happens. Amen. And you make little connections, and it might take her a few weeks. It might take her a few months. It might take her a few years, but I promise you she's going to come to Hope City Church. I promise you. You watch what God will do. Watch what he'll do. For some of us, this divine sense of purpose has laid dormant for years. We remember when God spoke it to us. And we've done very little with it since. And I want to talk to you. 
in that space because it's a little more than a faint whisper buried beneath the challenges and buried beneath the missed opportunities and buried beneath the hurts that can help us. And, and, and this delivers up, amen. But it's a good time for a reawakening because when God gives you a sense of purpose, that purpose ruins you for anything else. You're like, hey, I'm going to try to do this. Uh-uh, not going to happen. Hey, I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try, you know, I don't belong here. That's not the space that God has put me in. That's not what God wants for my life. Come on, somebody help me preach this. Amen. He doesn't want me to stay in that space. He doesn't want me to stay in that hurt. He doesn't want me to stay in the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. He doesn't want me to stay in that space. He wants to utilize my life. And nothing else will ever bring true peace because peace is found only in pursuing the purposes of God. Amen. Point number two. Purpose gives a singleness of focus. Okay? Gives a singleness of focus. When God called me, God called, he called me to the ministry. Okay? He had one thing in mind. Are you ready for it? People. He didn't care about chairs. He doesn't care about speakers. He don't care about... Our fancy cool pulpits, I, I love it, I'm so grateful, I'm not negating that. But God cares about people, he needed me to be about his people. He needs us to be about those things. And a lot of times we get lost in details. I remember building a building and I was so excited. We were working on this building, it literally took us two years to build. Because we chose to do a lot of it ourselves because we were trying to save the church some money. And my wife comes in and she says, hey, we have hundreds of teenagers that go to this student ministry, okay? And I need you to be about the people. I don't care about this building. I don't care about putting the walls up today. We have a funeral. We have a wedding. We got a kid we got to go pray for. We got flags to put out on the graves that we can honor those be before us. Are you seeing what I'm saying? We're doing ministry in the lives of those around and about us. The, 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 the things that we're trying to do. Amen. And purpose gives us a singleness of focus. So my wife, she comes in, she chews me out. Come on, somebody. I get straightened back up. And I remember, she's right. This is about people. It's not about buildings. I, 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 I'd love to have a building. We're, we're in challenges right now. We, we can't just, hey, we need to have a Christmas play for our kids, and we're doing that. Okay, but right after this service comes the volleyball department. Uh, challenges. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? Right, we've got students who are learning a praise dance for November 19th, and they're going to get up here, and they're going to dance, and I'm going to worship with them, and, I, and they're practicing. They're doing these things because we're walking in a challenging season, and though it might feel like the valley of the shadow of death, amen, we're not going to fear any evil because God is with us. He's our strength. He's our source. He's going to make a way. Come on, somebody. Amen. And the lack of focus can paralyze us with inaction or ineffectiveness. People want to fix their marriage at times. Okay? Focus on the problem. You'll come to a solution. You're focusing on all these other things and never dealing with the problem. Amen. You're never going to find a solution. Many people's lives have no momentum. They have no forward progress because they do not have singleness of focus. Instead, things compete for their attention, their time, their commitment, their responsibility. And a life lived for testifying godly purpose is immediately given a focus. Come on. Amen. 
There's no room for plurality or duplicity in your life. When you're focused on it, TK and I were often asked, how do we make our marriage work, our relationships with our kids, our church life, our friendships, and our schedules work together? How do you guys, what in the world is happening in your life? Well, to us it's quite simple because we feel like we only do one thing. We live for God's purpose. We live for God's design. Amen? We live for God's purpose. We live for God's design. We live for his cause. And his cause is people. Can I say it again? What's God's cause? People. Not about cool, fancy floors. Not about cool, fancy doors. His mission is people. And uh, our, our lives focus on seeing the kingdom of God, advancing forward, building God's house through disciples, raising godly children, and building an unbreakable marriage. Amen. Building an unbreakable marriage. I'm going to use my, it's tough. I'm going to use it. They get washed every week, so I appreciate it, okay? I think the struggle comes when people try to compartmentalize their lives. It's Sunday. Got my church shoes on. Got my church clothes on. I'm going to put in my, I'm going to put on my church mask. Come on, somebody help me. Instead of just living your life the way God has called you and purposed you to do so. We try to compartmentalize all these things. And, and one box is the box for God. This is a box that's for family. and This is a different box for church and ministry. And this, this one over here, this is for my hobbies and my vacation, baby. Yeah. Hello? Amen? Right? So we compartmentalize. And it results in constant frustration as different areas of your life are competing for your attention. Instead of... Walking in a space of purpose. Listen, your life is not meant to be a to-do list of competing priorities for all you to-do list people. Okay? Listen, I love a to-do list. You guys know this. I've talked about it. My wife makes me one every day. Come on, somebody. This is your job today. And I love to get that list because I'm like, I'm going to knock it out by lunch. Watch this. Okay? Boom. And I get a lot of stuff done because of that. But we've all got one life to live. And God to be at the center. All the other aspects of your life flow from and hinge on Him. Somebody say a good amen right there. So make God first and make God most. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Praise God. Point number three. Purpose shapes our confession. Let the purpose do it. What's God's purpose? People. What's more important? Now listen, I'm not telling you to... To, you know, have your house looking like the Clampets, okay? And that's not what I'm trying to say to you, all right? You know, we still have responsibilities. We still got to cut the grass. Amen. Our property still witnesses. Our, our property witnesses. Is he lazy? Because Scripture says a lazy man shouldn't eat. Come on, somebody help me preach. Amen. But we got to be about the Father's business, and the Father's business is what? People. What was Jesus busy building? People. Disciples, oh yeah, people. He's building disciples, praise God, okay? And words are powerful. And what flows from our mouths either builds or tears down. Watch how you use, watch how you use your words. To whomever, wherever. Watch how you use your words on yourself. Amen? All right? Praise God. I know like 
Somebody like Dylan. I mean, I know Dylan, he, he looks in the mirror every day and he's like, hey, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you're that good looking, you know, you know what I'm saying? He's like, have some, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, looking in the mirror, okay? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just picking on Dylan because he's easy to pick on, okay? But your words about yourself build. Amen. Your words about others and your confession about yourself reveal what's in your heart. Hey, I, I wonder what this person's thinking. Just sit around and listen every now and again to what's coming out of their mouth. And you're going to hear what's flowing out of their heart. That's what Scripture says. Praise God. Praise God. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. For whatever you say in your heart determines what you say. It's true. The good man, out of the good of his heart, will speak good things. The evil man, out of the evil in his heart, will speak evil. And when purpose is in your heart, you'll have purpose in your mouth. You'll have purpose in your words. You'll have purpose in your confessions as you testify. And purpose will literally shape the way you speak about your future, what you believe about God, what you believe about yourself, and what you have faith for. And I'm telling you, God is exceedingly able to do all that God wants to do. He's able. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing's impossible to them that believe. And the key to seeing the Father's purpose worked out is having His Word in your heart. His Word in your heart. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 14. This is so good right here. You ready? Watch this. This is scripture. Okay. The Word is very near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. So what? That you may do it. That you may do the word. Amen. Do you see that right there? So powerful. So do your purpose. Say it like this. So that you may do your purpose. The word is very near you. The word of God. The word of God is very near you. Okay, I'm not talking about motivational speakers. I'm not talking about your cute little quotes on Pinterest or Facebook. I'm talking about the word of God. The word of God, it's near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Then you will do your purpose. You will do it. What, what's it? You'll do the word. You'll do your purpose. We need to know God's word so that our words become a genuine reflection. Whoo, a genuine reflection of what's in his heart. You know what's in the heart of God? People. You know what's in the heart of God? People. You know what's in the heart of Jesus Christ the Son? People. You know what's in the heart of the Holy Spirit? People. It's more important than anything else. Amen. More important than color palettes. More important than chairs at work. Come on, somebody. More important than buildings and things. Amen. You cannot trick your heart simply by speaking the right words. But when you testify out of the abundance of your heart, your words are filled with purpose and power. Are you learning anything? Right. Point number four. Purpose. You ready for it? Purpose exudes life. Purpose exudes life, okay? You're not going to be doing your purpose for the kingdom of God and tearing people down. When people who are excited about their purpose, they're excited about their destiny, they just start speaking about it, they testify about it, you can literally see the excitement on their faces. They begin to radiate. They begin to radiate. I, I was teasing Erica about it this morning. 
Lane is here. He usually works weekends. He's, he's got, he got bumped over where, where he works at. He, he, got, he got bumped over, so he has to work on, on weekends. You guys pray that God will bump him back to day shift. Come on, somebody pray with me. Agree with me. It happened to me. I told, I shared the story. It happened to me. The youth pastor said, hey, I need this guy at the church on Sundays. He started praying, and I got bumped, okay, in a place that you don't get bumped. I got a, I got a pay raise. It was crazy because God is able. Amen. Amen. He's able. But they radiate. So I was teasing Erica this morning. I said, you're all smiles this morning. Usually you come in here all frowns. No, I'm just kidding. But her, her, her smile had a different radiation because her hubby's with her. Come on, can you hear what I'm saying? When purpose is around you, and pur- I'm trying to make the example, when purpose is around you and purpose is in you, you, you radiate. There's a difference about who you are and what you do. And that's what it means. Listen, that's what it means to bring honor to the name of God, that the purpose just kind of swallows us up. It, it, it's as if God's purpose were written across your face and written across your life. People. I'm going to love people. People treat me bad. I'm going to love people. People hurt me. I'm going to treat them good. My friend hurt me. My dad hurt me. My pastor hurt me. My whatever. My sister hurt me. My mother hurt me. My father hurt me. All these. I'm still going to love people. People is the purpose. And God's presence and God's purpose are obvious in the way you speak, the way you live, what you pursue or do not pursue. And how you face opposition and challenges. Look at King David in Psalm chapter 23, verse 2 through 5. 2 through 3, uh, uh, chapter, chapter 23, verse 2 and 3 and verse 5, if I'm making sense. King David displays the same confidence and security. Okay? He's surrounded literally by his enemies. We think King David, okay... Is that some kind of cool place with his feet reclined, just kind of chilling, just kind of doing whatever? He's literally being chased down, okay, by his father-in-law, Saul. That hurts. He's the king, and he's my father-in-law. I'm in a tight spot. Huh? He's being chased down by his enemies. Watch this, okay? He has security anyways in the kingdom of God. And even when surrounded by his enemies, David said this, God lets me rest in green meadows. God leads me beside peaceful stream. God renews my strength. He brings me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And my cup overflows with his blessings, even when I'm surrounded. That's why I worship God. Even when I'm surrounded by my enemies, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by the presence of God. And then David begins to testify about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, declaring, I will fear no evil. No evil is going to befall me because God is exceedingly able because I live my life on purpose I live my life in purpose amen he's walking in that space and no matter how barren the valley of the shadow of death looks or how many vultures might be flying overhead huh vultures are looking for you to die come on somebody so they can pick your carcass clean right we just can't wait to just kind of lay down there just kind of take let the car let the vulture take a nibble come on sometimes amen And instead, doesn't matter how bleak it looks, there's nothing to fear because God is with you. 
He's walking with you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. And those who live with purpose always seem to find a way of coming out on top because their commitment to purpose outweighs any discouragement, outweighs any attack, outweighs any lack, outweighs any frustration or fear. And with confidence, you can look to the future and know there is a way through because Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, although all things are not good, God has created them to work out a good space for his purpose for my life his purpose for my life come on point number five purpose helps overcome lack Psalm 23 1 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not I shall not want I shall not want oh man that's my jam right there the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want he's gonna take care He's going to take care of all those things. The word, watch this, the word want literally means to decrease, to diminish, or to make small. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not decrease. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not diminish. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be made small in this situation. That's what lack does in your life, isn't it? Whether it's shortage or a shortage of the lack of creativity the lack of wisdom, the lack of faith the lack of peace, even friendships the lack attempts to shrink your life and decrease your potential and we say things like this, if only I had can I remind you the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want amen, he's able he's able, come on somebody preach with me, he is able amen It's one thing to be in lack. It's an entirely different thing to glorify the lack. Huh? I'm broke. Everybody's broke. So broke I can't even pay attention. Come on, somebody. Got creditors after me. Turn off my lights. You you ever had somebody testify like that? I've seen it before. I've done it before. Get up and testify in a service. God's blessing us. We're so grateful. Then my phone gets turned off that week. Huh? Huh? Hello? You ever been in that space? You're testifying of the goodnesses of God. The, the, the goodnesses is not a word. The goodness of God, okay? You're testifying of the greatness of God. And then all of a sudden you go through struggle, you go through difficulty. Praise God. It's sad when people allow their real or perceived lack to hold them back from the future God has given them. And David knew that God was his shepherd. God is my trust. God is my source, he's my provision, he's my sufficiency in all of those things. Even in times of lack, listen, you cannot afford to lack what God intends to build in your life. Listen to me, allow God to build confidence in you. Hey, speak to yourself in the right way. And allow God to build strength in you and authority in you and confidence in you and purpose in your life. Amen. David could not afford to lack God's presence. And that's what God's presence does. It builds these things in our life. Daniel could not afford to lack integrity. Solomon could not afford to lack wisdom. And John the Baptist could not afford to lack courage. Somebody stand up and do the right thing for the purposes of Almighty God. Amen. Proverbs 4, 7, it says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. You know what wisdom is? Good judgment. 
How do you know how to make wrong decisions? Right decisions. Make a few wrong ones. Huh? Make a few wrong ones, right? I'm not giving you space to just stay in wrong decisions. But when you make a few wrong ones, it's a teacher. So scripture says, get wisdom. Amen. And these men, all these men I just named off, all these women of God, they knew that their lack would rob them of their purpose. It's the same way. Lack, whatever it exists in your life, it'll steal, it'll kill, it'll try to destroy what Jesus has died to give you. Praise God. In fact, purpose gives you the capacity and the conviction to break the hold of lack in your life. Number six, purpose replenishes. When it comes to life, we can sometimes look to external things to feed our souls or replenish us. And we often think, if only I lived on a farm and I get myself some of those green pastures David was talking about. Come on. But the green pastures were not literal. Amen. David was running from his enemies. He was speaking about finding inner peace and tranquility in the presence of God, the kind that only he can give. Amen. And it's God who restores our souls, according to Psalm chapter 23 and verse 3. It's God who restores our souls. I have never seen anyone who had a divinely implanted sense of purpose opt out of pursuing God's will for his or her life, find peace and tranquility. They find it in the purpose of God. No matter where, they find it right there. And that individual may have believed that if things were less busy or commitments were fewer or if he or she had been less generous, then peace would be possible. But when you live with purpose, God puts tranquility on the inside. And even in the midst of the busyness of your life, even when you're out of your comfort zone, God will restore your soul. Because living in purpose of God, living in your purpose will take you out of your comfort zone. It'll do it to you over and over and over again. Living in your purpose. Amen. There's nothing more replenishing than being in the will of the Father. And when God has touched your heart, With purpose, nothing else will satisfy because you were born with and for his purpose. Amen. Number seven, I got two more. I'm going to let you go. Purpose determines what follows you. This is so good right here. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, he received much attack and criticism in the early days from their ministry, from the press and from other religious leaders. And his son Bramwell walks in the door, brought him the latest newspaper attack. He would respond, Bramwell, Bramwell, 50 years hence, it will matter very little indeed how these people treated us. It will matter a great deal how we dealt with the work of God. What's God's work? People. Good answer. Great answer. Good job. Stars across the board. A's, everybody. They still give out A's? They got A's and F's? It's still the same? Okay, A's for everybody, okay? All right? People. People are God's purpose. Amen? Like Booth, we may not have the power to determine or change what confronts us or the challenges we face, but we have the power over what follows us, our legacy. Amen? Psalm 23, 6, you ready for it? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days 
of my life. Surely, goodness and mercy. What follows you is determined by what you choose to follow. When we testify of and we follow God's purposes, his nature and his character will follow you as the worship team comes. Because purpose gives you a revelation of, uh, of eternal perspective. Jesus had that eternal perspective when he showed up here on this earth to do what? To die for people. Yeah? It said in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't come up on you so you can feel goosebumps. The Holy Spirit doesn't come up on you just so you can feel the presence of God in this service. The Holy Spirit comes up on you so you can pour out that love and purpose into the lives of those around and about you. Amen? You are just a vessel. You are we are just vessels. We get filled up and we should empty ourselves out. Pastor Mike, I need something to do. I know, you need purpose. When you find that purpose, you'll do less challenging those around and about you and more challenging yourself, amen? More spilling yourself out. Watch this, Jesus, in, in Luke chapter four, verse 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to bring liberty to the captives and to heal the blind and to set the oppressed free and preach salvation now. Listen to me. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. Amen. God's spirit is upon you to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to bring liberty to the captives, to heal the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to preach salvation now. There's hope now. There's deliverance now. There's salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ today. I can't promise you tonight. I can't promise you tomorrow. But I can promise you that God wants to move in your heart, and God wants to move in your heart right now. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. You can find hope in Him. Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit is not only reserved for you. His power should go beyond you and I, especially outside the four walls of this school or church or volleyball place or Halloween space, one of the kids told me. Hello? Purpose can't stay here. Purpose has to leave us. Point number eight, our final point. Purpose adds a fresh dimension to transformation and healing. A fresh dimension. You walk into a new space because purpose makes the difference between a deliverance mentality. God, please take it away. And one of an overcomer. God, help me be an overcomer. Amen. My son Chase, we were down working on this, uh, on this building down at this church. And Chase and Alec, they, they've been born and raised, they don't give up, okay, it's 9 o'clock p.m., we're still working, we, we put our boots on at 6 a.m., Don, I, he tried to kill me down there, okay, three days, okay, they finished the fourth day, they did the fourth day, they didn't get back till 2 a.m., but it's, I gotta finish, I gotta finish this task, God put me on this task, I'm gonna finish this task, and God didn't build quitters, come on somebody, he doesn't build quitters. He builds overcomers. Amen. Somebody preach. He builds overcomers. Amen. People sometimes ask God to take away what he's already empowered them to overcome. 
Sadly, they live their lives of victims of that situation rather than victors. And a revelation of purpose helps us understand the importance of that change. As it applies to healing and wholeness, purpose causes us to want to change rather than remain as we are. And that healing is no longer just about you. It's about building your life in a way that encourages, inspires, and points others to Jesus. Because Jesus is about people. Amen? And Jesus will equip you. The Holy Spirit will equip you. God will equip you to make a greater difference in this earth and for eternity. God wants us, wants the word to be in our heart, in our hearts, excuse me, in our hearts, in our mouths, so we can do it. So we can do our purpose. Will you stand with me all over the building? As our prayer team comes this morning. You can come listen to me for, for a quick second. You can come anytime to pray for any reason. Just because we might point out something specific here at Hope City Church this morning, we're talking about purpose. But you may need a healing in your elbow. Come on. You could come say, hey, I need God to touch my body because we believe that. We believe that scripture teaches us to do that. Call for the elders of the church. Anoint, uh, let, the, let the sick call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint him or her with oil. Okay, pray the prayer of faith and it will heal the sick. Praise God. So you could come for any reason. But a lot of times we give specifics and we say, hey, if you need God to help you in your purpose, maybe you know what it is. And you just kind of set it off to the side and you're like, I'm going to get to it someday. I'm hopeful. You know, I'm hopeful to get there. And you want us to pray with you about that. We'd love to pray with you about that. But maybe you need a healing or maybe you need a, a, a touch in your body. Maybe you need a miracle in your marriage. Maybe you just want to worship God. We made a space last week. We said, hey, over here by the Welcome Center, you, you don't necessarily need anybody to pray with you. You just want to worship God. Come on right over here. Amen. And you can worship God over there. You, you guys can stand wherever you want. I want you to pray for me. But you say, hey, you know what? I, I need special prayer. We want you to come on this side. You want to just worship God and get, get a little bit closer? You want to talk to Him about your purpose? This is a good space to do that. This is a good space to say, hey, my friend is struggling with their purpose. My husband is struggling with his purpose. My, my, my wife is struggling with her purpose. My, my friends around, they're struggling in this space. You want to come and pray for them? We want you to do that. Amen. But you say, Pastor, you know what? I've got some situations, some circumstances I'm dealing with, and I want God to move in my heart. That's this time. We want to give you an opportunity to build your faith, build your confidence in God, build your relationship in God. Amen. Will you pray with me for just a moment? Close your eyes for just a second all over the building. Father, I'm so grateful for your presence and your power, God. I'm thankful today, God, that you've given us purpose. And we're going to testify, God, of your purpose. God, your purpose is people. We're going to testify of your goodness. We're going to testify of your greatness, God. We're going to treat people right, God. We're going to love on those around and about us, even when they treat us like enemies, God. We're going to love them anyways. We ask you today, God, to move powerfully, to move expressively, God, as there's needs. I know, God, many needs across this building, God. You're going to touch every heart. You're going to touch every life, God. You're going to experience, God, their call for you today, God, and you are going to answer, God so thankful, God, that we don't have to stay in the darkest of valleys, God. God, but that we can find peace and tranquility in your presence and by your power, God. I ask you to move in every heart and every life, God, right now in the name of Jesus. 
You say, Pastor, I need special prayer. I want you to come right now. We want to lay hands on you. We want to agree together with you. We know that God is going to move in your life. We know that God is going to touch you. Amen. You say, Pastor, I'm dealing with a situation. I'm dealing with a circumstance, and, and I want I want God to move. I, Pastor, I'm dealing with my purpose, and I, I know what my purpose is, and I need some help. I need some wisdom. I, I need some common sense how to get into my purpose and how to serve my purpose in God's kingdom. We want to pray with you. We want to love on you and give you that opportunity. Please remember, as you're praying this morning, many who are sick and many who need a touch in their bodies. It's, it's going around. There's a sickness going around. Just remember them as you pray today that God will continue to move in their hearts and move in their lives. Can we take a few moments to pray? Can we take a few moments to lift up the name of Jesus? Can we take a few moments to find healing in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls right now in the name of Jesus?